G'day, g'day. Welcome back to the Shit Dad Podcast, where we turn you from lad to quintessential Aussie dad, celebrating all the fatherhood wins along the way. I'm Cam. And I'm Dave. We've got no Nick this week. He's under the weather. He looks like shit. <laughs> yeah, I picked up some stuff on him tonight. He looked horrible. Yep. Um, so I'm back on the intros, back hosting again. Um, but uh, excitedly for this week, we had a special guest. So very excited. Uh, a little bit later on uh, for you to listen to that. We've got Matt Formston, who's come on board, um, and he's working in conjunction with Lego Australia, um, presenting some really cool research around the power of play. Um, so take a listen to that interview just in a moment. Um, he's an incredible guy, right? Like we spoke Unreal. to him. Uh, yeah, really, obviously, accomplished world record holder, uh, Paralympian, won gold medals, went to Rio, um, as well as a father of three, motivational speaker, the list goes on. Um, so, yeah, it was great to hear from him. Um, also happens to have only 3% vision. So, um, achieving all those things, obviously, um, and it has a really great philosophy on life of um, growing up with basically the word can't as being a swear word in the family. Yeah. So. Um, something to uh, think about, obviously, when we're raising our own kids. But thank you once again for listening. Um, now, also, don't forget, if you want to hear any um, new topics in what we're doing for some of the spin-off series for 2024, send them our way. So we've got a few things piling up. I can't wait to share those with you. Um, anything you want us to deep dive into, doesn't have to be dad-related, let us know, because um, we're going to get stuck into those, obviously, in the new year. Um, if you want to get in touch with some of those, hit us up, shitdadpod at gmail.com or at shitdadpod on Instagram. Best way, slide in the DMs, share us a few thoughts um, and we can go from there. Um, if you're listening from anywhere around Australia or if you're listening from overseas, obviously really keen to hear some perspectives from, from you as well. Any of the guitar uh, fans uh, want to share some topics our way, go for it. That'd be great. And uh, don't forget, if you want a Shit Dad merch pack, only $30, uh, shirt, stubby cooler, which keeps those beers nice and crispy cold, and a bumper sticker. You can use it on anything. We've got ours on our computers at the moment, so they're going great. And don't forget, get yourself into a Nike hammock. We can support the guys that support us. Um, use the code DADPOD, D-A-D-P-O-D, for 10% off. Set yourself up for summer with one of those beauties. Um, we were jumping on, scrolling through their website before we started, mate. That's some cracker deals. Um, yeah, they've got yeah. the Black Friday sale at the moment, obviously. Mm-hmm. So get stuck in there if you're keen on that. Yeah, and make sure you leave us a blue with the orange trim there for a couple for us. The River Blue. River Blue, I think. River Blue. Favorite. Just as long as you keep two for Cam and I, then we're sweet. <laughs> Nah. 60 second setup. I reckon we can we can maybe do some time trials between the three of us and um, oh, that's a great so idea. Go the fastest. Yeah. Uh, obviously, ending inside it, lying down. That's the main thing. Generally, did end inside for hours <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in probably 60 seconds. Yeah. Oh. Okay, listeners, it's uh, time for our interview. So as mentioned up front, we have uh, a very special guest on today. We are going to be talking all about the power of play with former Paralympian, professional surfer, Matt Formston. Thanks for joining us, Matt. How are you going? Really good. 
Thanks for having me. No worries, no worries. Obviously, before we get into a bit of your unstory and unpack that, um, a bit of the reason why we're chatting to you today. So uh, that when we talk about the power of play, we've been contacted by um, uh, some friends uh, and some, that you may have heard of, obviously Lego Australia. So as we head into the Christmas season, children around the country will celebrate the festive season collectively but differently. This year... Uh, Matt, you, you've joined forces with Lego Australia to highlight the power of play in uniting children of different backgrounds, abilities and cultures. So, yeah, I'd love for you to tell us a bit about um, what you're doing with uh, with the team there. Yeah, look, Lego's always been something that I've been really... I, I love building um, and creativity, you know what I mean? So as a, my, I've got three little kids and they all sometimes like obviously draw and do other things that are creative and say, hey, Dad, look at this, but I'm blind, so I can't see what they've drawn. So I'd nod my head most of the time and just, you know, let, let them and then go get them to explain to me what it is. But when they build with Lego bricks, I can feel what they've what they've built. Right. Or we can do it together. It's like a 3D um, creativity, you know what I mean? Um, and then you can start again. So I think for me, ever since I was a kid, I've always had a, a passion for Lego uh, and Lego bricks. Um, so yeah, joining forces with Lego for me was a, was a no brainer. Um, have a, yeah, personal passion for the product, but my kids also are super passionate without me being involved in all the stuff that they, uh, they joined to like, you know, all the superhero stuff and Star Wars and it's all pretty cool stuff. Yeah. That's great to hear. It's good that you can just jump involved with them as well. Like you said, your passion as a kid growing up and now it's there, you know, like, I guess it's probably one of their passions as well, and to get you involved as you know as their dad, that's it's an amazing thing to you guys to be able to do together. Absolutely, and like even now, there's um, uh, there's Lego bricks that have got braille on them as well. So like not just accessible in the fact that they're 3D in the first place, but then they've also got braille. There's indented braille on some of the bricks that you can get as well, which is uh, which is pretty cool. So I think as an organisation, they're look being very inclusive as they like their with their product. And I think with their the sustainability models as well, for me as, as a surfer, I'm always thinking about the environment. And I know they've got really big goals. That obviously, their whole product is plastic. Um, and they've got massive goals about having all their product uh, fully recyclable within, you know, I think within the next five years. So big goals. Wow, that's a huge goal. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Good on them. Yeah. Now, they've also shared with us some really interesting research. So um, they've conducted something called the social play experiment, which was all yep. around examining how children's interactions can influence their understanding of others. Um, and there's some really, there's really great, great uh, videos to go along with it around. And it was, it was great watching them, seeing how uh, children, when pre- presented with uh, you know, toys and creativity and all these different things to do. It really opens up that interactivity and inclusiveness um, at, at a young age. Um, For sure. Yeah, so it was, it was great watching that. Um, and then some of the stats as well that came through, 64% of carers raising children with a disability believe play improved their understanding of different abilities. Um, any thoughts on that one? Oh, look, I think I've, I've made a career out of play, right? Play is what I've really, you know... Everyone says, "Oh, you, you, your life's amazing," but I've, I've made my life around play. Like it's just, I've just set my career up that way, and so it's for me. I just don't, I don't understand why anyone would do that. And they always say, "If you're having fun, if you if you're having fun doing what you do, then you'll never you'll never work a day in your life." Um, and I think for my kids, it's the same thing. Like we're playing together, and the and the, I suppose the essence of, of Lego bricks is that you're you're playing, you're being creative. Um, and you can fail as well. That's a big thing for me, as I suppose, as a parent, is letting them fail in a safe way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think not letting your kids fail is, you know, is a mistake because you need to build that resilience. And that's something that I've really, as a person with a disability, I've had that in spades. But um, to, to be able to fail and, you know, not potentially build what you wanted to build or have have your sister break it or your brother break it and start again, it's, it's stuff that helps build resilience as well. We, now, that's awesome. We, we did a bit of research on you as well before, obviously, um, chatting to you. Um, and there's some great videos online and it, it was a lot of uh, your commentary was around this idea of, you know, really just um, not letting getting not letting anything get in the way. So just saying yes and saying I can do things and really trying. Yep. Um, yep. And I, I suppose what, you, what you're saying here as well is, you know, that ability to, that resilience is so important um, when the kids are young essentially and all the way, you know, through those really formative teenage years as well. For sure. But, I mean... Um it's all about layers too, right? Because you don't want to go and have a big fail where you, uh, you know, you destroy a relationship or something like that. Like they're really challenging things to to, to repair. Or so, but having a, a little piece of construction or a plan that you that failed, it's a little way, it's a little tiny fail. It's a little tiny tiny mistake um, where you can learn that you know the even though the world sometimes doesn't go the way you want it, if you if you have another crack, you'll probably get it right. Yeah. It's amazing, amazing teaching opportunity there. Like you said, that these, you know, working with the kids there on, you know, their designs, you know, with the with the Lego and the bricks and all that, that they can just, yeah. uh, that like you said, we all know that. Like I look at our kids and how many times that they have broken any creation that any of them have done, um, yeah. and trying to <laughs> trying to diffuse that meltdown um, <laughs> is just. You know, it's such a fun thing as a dad, but no, seeing them then bounce back because the next time it happens, like, yep, yeah, no, that's okay. I can just, yep, yeah, I'll rebuild it. I'll rebuild it better, you know, like that's... Yeah, differently. Do yeah. it different next time. And, yeah, might be a better, better than it was the first time. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, another great thing that we kind of, one of the stats that came out was uh, three in four, so 64% of Australian parents believe socialising with children from different backgrounds, cultures and abilities is the most effective way for their child to understand the world around them. What about your experience, I suppose, you know, first yourself growing up, you know, yeah. you know with your vision impairment and now with, you, you know, yeah. your children and trying to, I guess, pass on, I guess, some of your experiences and, you know, changing, changing the world for, for others as well. Yeah, I grew up on the northern beaches of Sydney and I don't think, like, it's very white Anglo, so there wasn't any, there wasn't any diversity at all, you know yeah. what I mean? I think I was, there was, a disa- I was probably the one disabled kid at my school um, and there was, no, there was no diversity. So as I went into the workforce and joined the real world, it was just a massive eye-opener for me to see all these different, like, um, just everyone was so different and it was it's really cool. So I'm really passionate about taking my kids to different days where they'll meet, um, you know, people with different intellectual disabilities or whatever. Obviously, as a Paralympian myself, I've got friends who are, who are missing limbs and, you know, one of my best mates has got no legs. He's got he's, um, no legs. He's got, like, robot legs, which my kid, kids think is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> and friends in, in wheelchairs and um, different sexual orientations and, you know, it's, for them growing up, asking questions and learning about that and not having to, you know, just be isolated until they become an adult really helps them understand the world, you know, is a diverse and rich place and people that come from those different backgrounds um, and experiences um, can really make the world more interesting, let alone um, create better products and services and, and, you know, become a a better workforce. So Mm. um, for me, as we see my kids up for success is, you know, giving them that, uh, showing them the richness that there is within our world. 
Yeah, that's probably a good good link to the next one as well around this idea of creative play. You mentioned surfing before, which I want to unpack in a, in a moment. Um, yeah. But talking about creative play, the stats here were that it was determined as the most effective form of play in bringing children together uh, by two-thirds of Aussie parents, uh, 64% of those. So, yeah, it's just... Um, it's an interesting. It's an interesting thing, obviously, to think about that creativity, which is obviously sometimes you know you might have toys, you might be given things that are, you know, just kind of they do a certain function and that's it. I think um, yeah. interesting when it comes to more of the just open, free imagination and and then letting things happen. Um, and that's something I love watching my kids do and just seeing yeah. seeing and hearing the things that come out of their mouths. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, yeah, just that they're from another world. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's, it, it's the, um, the things that come out of their mouths. Like I go to some kids' schools. I do obviously I'm a keynote speaker, but for, mainly for businesses. But I do some schools sometimes, mainly my kids' schools. And I go and do corporate gigs. You know, we've got five hundred thousand people in the audience, and they'll all ask really politically correct questions. Um, and then I go and speak to a bunch of four-year-olds, and they're just like, so and so and so. But when you went here, you didn't win, did you? Like straight up, it's they're the best yeah. questions because yeah. they don't have any. There's no holes barred, and they're they're thinking um, outside the box straight away. And mm-hmm. that's I think that's the thing with um, that Lego bricks help you find is like that you whatever you pull out of the box, just because there's an instruction kit, you don't have to use that. You can do something else. And as they go into the world, I suppose it's a good format for them to just know that uh, yeah, there's going to be an instruction manual and there's going to be some certain guidelines that people are going to give you, but you can you can create your own world um, as long as and I suppose as well for me it's about as long as they're being authentic um, and ethical while you do that. So um, yeah, I, I just think everything to do with Lego. I, I can't imagine there's many, obviously depending on financial situation, but can't imagine there's many Christmas trees around Australia that wouldn't have a box of Lego bricks under them this Christmas That's or any right. Christmas. Yeah, well, yeah, look, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty safe here because I definitely know my kids or my wife listens to this and yeah, there's plenty of Lego already <laughs> already stashed away up on the top of it. I can't get any half of my clothes out because <laughs> it's it's all covering all the Lego because they're at that age yeah. now. They're snooping everywhere. So, no, it's great. I, I love what you said about the, um, you know, pulling it out of the box and although there's that instruction manual, it doesn't have to be that. It still serves its function but it can still do what it needs to do. And um, I'm in teaching and I, I'm in primary school at the moment, but I just I see so much of this world um, boxing up their creativity and so many yeah. things that are boxing up. And I love getting as much like myself with both my kids but also the, the kids in my class and being able to, to explore. And, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, the biggest thing that I have found so far is it's through play, letting them go yeah. out and having a go. So... You know, with Lego Australia getting on on board with this, it's and your comment about let's you know let's let them live and you know um, be creative and can you know continue to harness it. I think it's a great thing that you guys are you know all on and you know so well done. Yeah, play us safely. <laughs> yeah, yep, great, <laughs> great, great motto. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for yeah. that. Uh, and we also the pretty good segue as well. Just um, once again, I think a lot of our listeners would be really interested to hear a little bit about your own um, personal story. Um, as mentioned before, we you know we've watched a few videos about you and heard about how your your upbringing, you know, with your parents and um, you know how they really instilled in you that um, that passion to essentially. Uh, you know, go out there and try things and not just settle yep. for anything. Can you listen, yep. tell us a little bit about yourself, essentially, um, your kid, your family, yep. and kind of where that took you in your in your life, that kind of attitude? 
Yeah, so growing up in my family, we weren't allowed to use the word can't. If we said the word can't, it was like worse than a swear word. Like we'd get in actual trouble. Um, so the, the thing was we'd have to say, if we didn't want to do something, we'd have to say, it like, it's a choice, right? If you don't want to do everything in the world, you can do. It's just a matter of if you don't have enough capacity to do it or right now you're not strong enough to do it or you need to build capacity now. So there's, but so my dad from a really early age made us articulate why we were choosing not to do something or why we were choosing to do something. And if we decided to do it, then we'd have to go all in and, and get it done. Mm. So that was um, a bit of a narrative. And then in the back, so that's my parents in my house, but then in the background, the community's telling me, because I'm blind, you can't, you can't, you can't. Um, so there was this contrast of worlds. Uh, but then the the can't the thing that the, the the world was telling me was like you can't play for rugby league. Then I went and played rugby league. Then I played reps. And then you can't play ice hockey. And I played ice hockey and played reps. And then I, you know you can't surf. And I did that. So while the whole world was telling me I can't, I was getting this life experience that I can. Mm. So then anytime anyone tells me now I can't, it's just it's just sort of white noise. And it used to be like a red flag to a ball where I'd go, I'm just going to do it despite what you're saying. Yeah. But then that that burns a lot of energy and has an expiry date on it. So I don't really do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, but I've also, yeah, I've got to the point where now I can just go, you know, I, yeah, I, I probably could, but I don't have enough time for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was my upbringing. So then I, um, look, I actually fell off the rails a bit, and in because of I was playing, I was playing like really high level football, like rugby union, and then and ice hockey, and I, I've got glandular fever and got sick. Um, and then by the time I came back, I was using obviously different skills to navigate those arenas, with like hearing with the ice hockey puck flying across the ice. And in rugby, I was playing blindside breakaway, which is always my best joke when I do a keynote. Um, <laughs> but, but with with that position, you've only got two people to look at. So I just had different strategies and where I dealt with the world. Yeah. But by the time I came back from that season off because of glandular fever, Everyone had got bigger and faster, and my, um, my my I'd lost my echolocation, all sort of things. So I wasn't playing. I felt rather than being one of the best players in the field, I felt like I was a liability to the team. So I left sport and found partying and um, really unhealthy behaviours, mm-hmm. and that went on for about ten years. Um, and then I came back, and I was like, "This is not me." And then I yeah, basically decided I I started doing a bit of keynote speaking, and I realised that a lot of other people on the circuit had this book cover of. Know, Olympian, Paralympian, whatever. So I was like, I need that book cover. So I went and started riding. I didn't own a bike in 2009, but I did a charity ride down to Melbourne, which is a still a world record, I think, for a blind person on a single bike. Wow. Um, so that was from Sydney to Melbourne. Um, and then through that, I got noticed by Cycling Australia, and then I had about an eight-year career, um, became a world champion, world record holder, won gold medals all over the world as a cyclist. Um, and, yeah, so still to this day, I think if you go into the velodrome in Adelaide, there's a there's like three life-like, larger-than-life images. One's Anna Mears, one's me and Mick on a tandem, and the other's the, the um, team pursuit team that broke the world record. So wow, um, quite yeah. highly respected in the cycling arena. Mm-hmm. And then retired back from that to surfing, which was my first love, and have won four world titles now in that, and I'm just waiting to have a Guinness World Record confirmed for a big wave as well. So oh, really? Of, yeah, had a, had a crack at a few different oh, things yeah. in sport, and it's all been just fun, like it's play, you know yeah, what I mean? Which is, yeah, yeah. Going back to the, the piece around um, Lego Australia and like Lego bricks, it's it's all play and that foundation of failing safely. It's like for me as a big wave surfer now, there's I need to find ways to fail safely to train because when you get into the when you're surfing 56 foot waves, there's not really a way to fail safely. You need to just have the the skills to to, to live through that. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's unbelievable. I'm just sitting here listening to all the things that you have 
been so successful in life and just sitting there going, holy crap, mate, that's it's amazing. You know, like, and, yeah. but having that, um, having those parents behind you, you know, like just, you know, instilling those, those I guess those words, you know, like you said, yeah. you no, know, it's no can't, but, you know, like yeah. you have that choice or you don't have that capacity. Um, yeah. That's unbelievable. You use that with your your young ones now too, yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've taken, I know, I, like, I don't know where my dad got that from because mm. people have said, sort of asked me, like, where did that come from? And because most of these things are generational, right? Once someone learns it, then they pass it on. Yeah. Um, but I don't know where dad got it from. But, you know, I, I do it with my kids, but I, I put a different lens through it. So I get them to really think about values and behaviours. I'm also a business leader. I, I head up sustainability for Optus Enterprise mm-hmm. um, and I'm on a few different boards. And as a lead business leader now, like my main thing, I think most leaders would say, um, you want people that have got those values and behaviours that are going to drive the business and set up the right culture. Yeah. Um, anyone can learn skills. Mm-hmm. So for my kids, it's really about giving them those uh, foundations and values and behaviours. So when they go to bed every night, this is an example of something they do every night. They say, I'm brave, I'm inquisitive, I'm grateful, I'm kind, I'm happy. And their names so Max Formston, Elsie Formston, Jake Formston. Mm-hmm. So the last thing they do before they go to sleep at night is just go through those those values. Yeah. Um, and then every night, every, a couple of nights a week, I'll pick one of those words and just say, what does that mean to you? How are you representing that? How are your friends doing that? Are you challenging the, are you challenging the, the status quo in that type of behaviour? Um, and just get them. So, you know, my 10-year-old will have a different conversation with me around, around how his depth of understanding of brave or inquisitive and my five-year-old will, will, but they, they're all growing and learning about those behaviours, which I think are an essence for them to be good people because once they're experts at those behaviours, they can be experts at anything. Mm. Yeah, so that's unreal. Do you have those conversations with your with your kids individually or together? Yes. Yeah. No, t- individually. Yeah. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. I, I think if I try to do it together, they'd all talk over the top of each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the challenge, yeah, who's <laughs> the dominant one. Yeah. yeah. You know, okay. We do it in the car sometimes. So, yep. You know, there'll be like the thing, like is, if, if one of them's being naughty, you'll call it out going, is that being inquisitive or is is that being kind? And yep. maybe, you know, yeah. let's talk about that. And then as a team, we'll talk about it. But normally it's just, yeah, it's just one-on-one. Yeah. yeah. We've had a, a few dads um, recently um, talking about this idea of the, the kind of end-of-day reflection, bed-nighttime kind of routine in a similar vein um, and it's the consistency as well, which really mm. obviously is important with that, isn't it? Just being, um, you know, constantly getting them, like using the same language and, and using them the, the way that, you know, they're thinking about their day. I think it's really a really nice thing to do. Um, yeah. our, for context, our kids are quite young, so um, yeah. we get to learn all these things yeah. from experienced dads and, you know, adopt <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mate, my wife would definitely say, do not learn anything from me. She's, when she found out I was going on this podcast, she's like, that's perfect for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's, yeah. no, that's good. I actually have a, a very, very off-topic uh, question for you, mate. You've mentioned everything that you do, that you do, Matt, like you know, on yeah. the boards and these keynotes and professional yeah. surfer, blah, blah. Okay, so when did you develop the ability to stop time? Um, and to get all this done, <laughs> like holy shit, mate! Like, pardon <laughs> language, but that's that's yeah. it's amazing. What do you okay? How often do you sleep? Do you sleep at all? Like, I sleep. I sleep probably more than anyone. Oh, jeez, <laughs> mate, that's it's, that's unbelievable. I, I'm I'm pretty ruthless with my sleep. So when I was a cyclist, like cycling is a, um, it's a sport. It's a fitness sport, right? So yep. whoever the fittest person is wins. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of skill involved, but it's mainly fitness and just power to weight ratio. Um, so you have to be disciplined. So I would be in bed every night at nine. I'd be up at four fifteen every morning to train. Yep. And when I was doing that, I was running a sales team, and you know, it, it was just so I'd just become really, really good 
um, at time management and wearing different hats well. So when I'm wearing my dad hat, I'm 100% a dad yep. and my kids have got my 100% focus and I don't, and I, like unless I know the, the same, really, if someone called me from work and it's they've called me twice, something's blowing up, I need to, to take the call. Yep. But otherwise I'll dismiss all those calls and call them back. Mm-hmm. When I'm being a businessman, I'm a businessman and that's for those separate businesses too, right? Because I mentioned I work for a couple of different companies and yep. in different capacities. So when I'm with that company, I'm 100% focused on them and when I'm an athlete, I'm 100% focused on being an athlete. So, um, by doing that, I'm not jumping backwards and forwards and losing time and efficiency. I'm just being 100% focused on what I do. And then the other thing that I've built really, I've learned to do really well is trust. Yeah. Um, so I've built, and that's, you know, probably the pinnacle of that's big wave surfing and have guys turn me into waves and come and save me if it, when, when it doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in business, it's like I build people or I've built relationships with people around me who I trust. Yep. So I know that I only have to have a conversation with them once. Um, and then if I've got, if there's people on my team that aren't just, displaying that trust, trustworthy behaviour, I'll call that out really quickly so that we fix that up. So I think you know, that's one of my main, as I suppose as a leadership trait, that's one of the main things that I really thrive around is trust so that I can go and do all the other things or wear all the different hats that I wear so that I can stop time. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's and great. Actually, there's some great advice for actually for all our listeners, you know, like not just dads, you know, anyone who listens to the pod and um, if you've got, you know, if you've got your kids in front of you, you're 100% in those kids, you know, if you, yeah. you know, and that time management because what's the biggest thing that I think we all talk about, you know, why didn't I do that? Oh, why am I not at the gym? Oh, my time, my time. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, manage that time. That's great, mate. Great advice. Thanks, allocate mate. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I wear the hat but I allocate it so I know my kids got my footy track. Like I tr- coach my son's footy team. Yeah. And no matter what happens, like I, last season I was flying like I was on probably six flights a week. Yeah. I was flying home from Sydney to Lennox Head to coach under under nines footy because it's just it's a priority for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'd fly home, do the footy training, and then I'd fly back down to Sydney for a meeting the next day. Yeah. But like other people go, oh, it's too hard. I can't get there. But it's like it's not too hard. It's just it's it's your priority list, and whatever's the priority, you make sure you get there and you get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, really appreciate your time tonight. Obviously, yeah, the, the, I'd probably like to be honest, like to get you back on again and do a full kind of, um, you know, deep dive into kind of a bit more about you. Um, but before, before we let you go tonight, we just wanted to know if you've got a, uh, a shit dad story that you're able to share with us. Cause, um, obviously we like to get all our, all our guests to share a little funny story. So anything that's, um, comes to mind. I've got an extremely shit dad story to tell you. Um, and it's, it's really sort of, it was a hard learning for me. So I've mentioned I'm a surfer. So my biggest dream is, and I'm a blind surfer, so I can't drive to the surf. Um, so my, um, and using that word can't, but it's, yeah, I can get there, but it's, it's there's a lot of management required. Um, so my biggest dream would be that my, all my three kids drive, surf so they can drive me to the beach. Um, <laughs> and so I got really excited when my, when my first son was about two and took him out surfing and he got absolutely lit up and has been scared of the surf pretty much ever since and then I and then at four again I tried again and he got scared and I you know he's a very good surfer so he's done comps competitions and made it through to the final and then he'll just be like and now I backed right off so when he hit his head on his board and I in the final at Lee Bar and I said he's like I don't don't want to go I'm scared I said cool we we won't go out so we've I've had to like go the really big long way around now to get him back into surfing we're actually going away tomorrow to to the wave pool in Melbourne together for a couple of days which is going to be cool so he's getting into it but it was a really good learning for me that it's not you know you've got to let them it's it's them guided you know what I mean they've got to have the passion for it they've got to want to do it and then you help them along the way and um I'm sort of glad that it was it was really, it's painful for me in my heart that it was surfing which is my biggest love <laughs> but it was also a really good lesson with my first child that I now know like if 
I'm passionate. I really like in my head. I'm like, I want them to do this. I really want them to do it. I'm like guitar or whatever it is. I'm just like, no, I can put the guitar in front of, like, leave it there, and then let them go pick it up. If I put it in their hands, they're probably not going to want to do it. So, um, yeah, that was my that was my moment. And my wife keeps reminding me of it forever because he got <laughs> he got rinsed pretty badly in the shore. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like but, you said, you got a, you got a learning out of it for the other two. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a shame that yeah the missus is still reminding you. I think that's something our <laughs> I think that's something our wives do very well, don't they? Just continue Absolutely. to remind us. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nah. Yeah. Yep. She would say it's her job. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's excellent, mate. Look, mate, we, we really do appreciate your time tonight, um, especially with how busy you are. Um, and as Cam said, mate, we'd love to get you back on again and really dive deeper into your into your story and your journey as a you know growing up, but also as as a dad now, mate. Yeah. Love to get back on, guys. No, Thanks awesome. for your time. No, I appreciate it, mate. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers. All right. Uh, we're back, obviously, um, post that interview with Matt. Uh, once again, uh, we hope you really enjoyed that. He's a fantastic guy, and uh, we're looking forward to having him on again in the new year for a really more proper in-depth kind of chat around his uh, really interesting story. Um, but now it is time for one of our favourite moments of the week, Shit Dad Story. <laughs> All right, so we obviously heard from Matt. Uh, he's, he had a great one uh, regarding his uh, his kids and, and you know trying to get them to get into surfing and the hobbies, his own hobbies. I think that's clearly why his motto of "fail safely" has <laughs> <laughs> kind of become one of his uh, lived mottos. Yeah. No, Do you want to traumatise the kids too early? Um, no, now great. it's been a quiet week for me. I've been I've been head down, bum up at work, so nothing mm. too crazy for me. Um, but Dave, you mentioned you've got a couple. Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, I've been spending a little bit more time, I think, with with Miss One, um, and I've actually, you know, I was surprised. You know, like I'm talking like some good chunks of the weekends while Misses and the four year old are off doing their spending a little bit more time with with each other kind of thing and at dancing and, you know, um, the missus is getting really into being the dance mum, going for coffees with the other dance mums and found some interesting things in her bag the other day. Like, And I was like, uh, so little samples of lube. Well, yeah. Yeah, and I thought the first one was like, anal glide, what's going <laughs> on here? Like, I mean, come on. Anyway, turns out one of the dance mums is a, Represent like is a is a rep or um, like a salesperson. Yeah, no, it's, sorry, it's like an exact for one of the adult companies. So she always gets heaps of samples. And <laughs> supposedly, yeah, 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 that um, when she went off to order some coffee, the other girl chucked it in her bag. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 good story. Yeah, nice cover up. <laughs> Keep an eye on that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm getting a Christmas present. <laughs> um, no, anyway, I thought for sure I'm going to have a moment with my one year old, but I didn't. It actually came on the wife's watch. Mm. Both of mine did this week, but I was just there to experience them and just rub it in. I got home. It's been a busy kind of end of term for me with marking, reporting, uh, meetings, still tutoring and stuff for like this. Anyway, I came home one day and I got, and then the girls just go ballistic when I get home and they, I jumped, I hid on the couch um, and they come running around and the four-year-olds jumped on me and then the one-year-olds come um, and she's like, ah, and leant all over the back of the couch and jumping a little bit, all this crazy. And straight away she came near me, I smelt that she had just done a massive turd. And I'm like, oh, okay, anyway, yeah, cool, cool. Anyway, kept going. We knew that it was about less than five minutes from the shower. Yeah. I just needed to get changed, get my shoes off, we are going in. She just kept walking around, kept walking around. I was getting changed. Um, next minute um, she was wearing a dress 
So it was just the nappy was on. And next minute, the four-year-old's like, ah, mum, there's poo going everywhere. So obviously from her jumping around on the couch, like just near the oh. couch and whatnot, and then the it wife leaving it, it <laughs> leaving it there for so long. I don't know how long it had been there for. It literally was chunks, like just dolloped oh. around on the like on the tiles everywhere. And she's like, what do we do? I'm like, well, just come and put her in the shower with me. I'll take the nappy off in there and just hose it down, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's better than going outside with those. So that was number one. Um, this one, obviously, putting shit everywhere. Sometimes I feel like in your showers these days, as parents, you need, like, a high-pressure hose. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I sort of ch- just change the head yeah, a little yeah. bit, but, yeah. but not too hard to sting the, <laughs> to sting the skin. Um, and the other one was uh, a dinner conversation with Miss Four. I was driving home and had my headset in. Um, and away she's go, talking, talking, on speaker, talking to all three of them. Next minute, uh, Miss One-Year-Old, she's been off feeding herself dinner at the moment. Um, and I can hear the wife going, just pick up the food, just eat it, you got it, got it. You know, she was just getting cranky or whatever. Next minute, I hear this, oh, just eat your fucking dinner. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So that was Miss Four telling her little sister oh. to just eat her fucking dinner. <laughs> and I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I stayed quiet waiting for the missus who's there with them to correct that behaviour. Mm. But then I started hearing the snickering in the background. <laughs> She's turned around. And then I'm like, Isla, you do not <laughs> swear. You know that word's bad. She's like, but mum's laughing. It's funny. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you don't get the point. Yes, it is funny, but you, you're not meant to seem safe. <laughs> All right, and you're not meant to be yelling at your little sister, telling her to fucking eat. <laughs> She's so. trying to do the right thing of, you know, helping out. Mum's getting stressed oh, and feeding, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. as a parent, sometimes you've got to walk into the other room. And yeah, <laughs> of course. I was like, well, it would have been nice if she did walk away because mm. then it, I would have been able to correct it. Anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, both of them on mum's watch, but um, just it's just so, oh, I can't say it's so... Heart, heartwarming to hear, you know, <laughs> to hear it all, but um, to clean up shit and to do that. But there's some experiences out there. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 picked up for my lack of one this week. There you go. So that's our stories for the week. Yes. Um, and I did have a qu- quote to kind of round us out this episode. I did this a bit of tongue in cheek, but actually this fits in really well with what Matt was saying a little mm. bit earlier. So I've quoted uh, the notorious Big. Oh, Biggie. <laughs> Biggie. Biggie Smalls. Um, I don't know if this is from a song. It probably is. Stay far from timid. Only make moves when your heart's in it and live the phrase sky's the limit. So that rhymes. So I guess that's yeah, a song. Yeah, probably a song. Um, but that's really cool. So, yeah, like this idea of stay far from timid as in like um, what Bat was just saying around mm-hmm. you know, live outside the box and be creative and um, say yes to things. Uh, put your heart in things you really want to do. Go all in, and obviously, yeah, sky's the limit uh, for you, no matter no matter what your abilities or anything like that. Um, so, um, yeah, really appreciated that chat with Matt today, and hopefully, you got something out of it. Thanks again for listening. Um, that wraps up another busy week in fatherhood. We thank you once again for joining us. We'll be in your ear holes again this time next week. Until then, from this bunch of drain doting <laughs> dynamic day, dads, walk on with your heads high and your jokes lame. See you all. Yeah.